Intro. Intro. That means it's running things now. <laughs> Welcome to the Tesseract Podcast. I am your host, Jay Postones. And today's episode is brought to you by tesseractband.co.uk, which is the main place you want to go to find out all things Tesseract. Our web store is up there where you can buy our lovely merchandise. Our tour announcements and shows are all up there. And so is all upcoming news about any releases. So that is where you want to go if you are interested in this band. Today's guest is a very close friend and extremely valued member of Tesseract's touring crew. Uh, Mike St. John. Um, he's a lighting designer and live lighting engineer. Um, but that's not all he does. Um, he has tour managed in the past for other bands. Uh, he is a stage manager, production manager, uh, you name it. Mike has said yes to it. Uh, he's a very talented, very hardworking guy. And we have a very interesting conversation sat down somewhere in a small town in Romania before the final show of Tesseract's uh, summer Sonder World Tour. Um, Mike has worked with a lot of big acts. Um, for example, uh, the Devin Townsend Project, which is where we met Mike. Um, recently worked with Marilyn Manson. Um, he's, he's very, very good at what he does. And we go into some of that in this conversation. Um, so, without further ado, Mr. Mike St. John. Buddy. Buddy! Hello, nice to nice to be sitting around here with you. Not starting this podcast for the second Not time. Not doing it for the second time, sounding as surprised as ever. Um, lovely to be here. So, f- full disclosure, we, we thought we were recording a second ago and we weren't. So, we started again. We're professionals. We're professionals. Um, Mike is the lighting buddy... Uh, for Tesseract yeah, and other people currently and we're sat outside Romania. somewhere Romania you we may hear crickets tomorrow. we have a show tomorrow it's the last show of the Sonda uh, European actually the Sonda tour really kind of the cycle yeah Yeah. as far as I'm concerned it is anyways I'm not coming back yeah <laughs> Uh, there may be something else, but I don't know. If, I don't know if that will have been announced by the time we do. We'll want to tell me stairs. Anyway, Mike, we met wow. you where? Yeah, man, we had a really good role on that. Last we had time. a really good role last time. <laughs> but let's start that. Let's start that little uh, conversation again. We met in two thousand and the fall of two thousand ten on a North American tour, and it was Devin Townsend Project's first or or Devin's return. Or whatever, and first kind of American tour. What were you doing on that tour? And I was actually the tour manager on that. So oh, I had shit. I had met Devin the year before in the summer. We had a we we laughed a lot about fart jokes basically, and decided to keep hanging out. And I did. I was a, a drum tech for Ryan the summer of two thousand. Oh no, the summer of two thousand ten. Yeah. And and then in the fall they were going out and 
He was like, hey, why don't you come tour manager this? And I was like, great. I can, I'm can. i good at spreadsheets. I would not want I'll to find hotels. To jump into that. It was, yeah, but that's been like, I don't know about you, but that's been like my entire music career has been jumping into things. like Deep end into just, everything. Yeah, just like, sure. You want to do that? Let's do that. I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, we'll, we'll make it happen. So we did. And uh, there were definitely a couple moments on that tour where I was confronted with some things where I was like, I I have no idea how to deal with this. Was that the first time oh, you met yeah. us and you're like, yeah. who are these English dickheads? No, you guys are amazing. Or... It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was as, uh, we weren't as enmeshed as we are now. Obviously, it was the first tour and I was just trying to make sure we had hotels every night Yeah, with the other guys. My... I, I may have a, a false memory of this, of this, but I think I'm right. Did you guys start that tour in a van and then decide, "Fuck this, we're gonna get in a bus"? Well, we did. Yeah, we did the West Coast in a van, and by some magic, we ended up. Were we in a bus? Yeah, for the yeah. Because I, I can, I vividly remember. So yeah, we the first show, we were at the rickshaw theater in vancouver Mm -hmm. which um is a wonderful theater vancouver's finest yeah it's vancouver's finest but the the specific area that it's in if it's the first place you play in north america which it was for that was for you amazing it's not it doesn't paint the best picture is probably what i'm going to say yeah because you step out of you, you you pull into an alleyway there's a bunch of people who have done a lot of drugs uh, for a long time and they have very messed up and they're on the floor and there's a lot of used needles on the floor and you then load your gear in and everyone thinks this is normal but nowhere else that I've been really has been like that it's just that one block in Vancouver where they're just like yeah that, that's like the epicenter of some some troubled issues in Canada for sure yeah. uh but the people at the rickshaw are really nice, actually. People at the rickshaw. I really like that spot. The load-in is not great. The but load. there's actually... There are a number of venues in, in Vancouver that are great. Uh, that the load-ins are just a, a result of what's going on in that part of the world right now. Yeah. But be fair. my memory of... My whole memory of that tour... I've got more memories from that entire tour than, I think, any other tour that I've done with Tess. Genuinely. Wow. which is kind of crazy like every single day we spent uh, we, when we were driving ourselves which I guess is why we've got the most memories because towards now you don't drive yourselves you don't have the views you're not awake for as much time mm. that's interesting actually and hey? every there's a cat behind you there's a cat behind you yeah. little shit looks like it's got some prey yeah I think it might be a napkin but we'll oh, discover yeah, that maybe. later this was not the dinner I came for. It, it's not bleeding, and it's it's not a mouse's head. So, yeah. um, I forgot what I was saying. You had I great memories because you were up at well, all hours of the day driving. We were we were up at crazy hours of the time. Yeah, crazy hours of the day driving. We were <sighs> trying to cram five band members into one Motel 6. We were kind of, we, we'd align ourselves so that the receptionist at Motel 6 could only see <laughs> like one of us yeah. and the other four were like lined up. Hey, there's only two of us and we're perfectly aligned so that the receptionist looks out behind the one person and can just see one other person and then we just like spread <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, we, we get into the hotel and we sleep on air beds that we're pumping up every single night. Wow. 
there, there was a different energy at that time in this band. Um, You're all nine years younger. We're nine years one thing. younger, and yeah, it, it. But every single day on that tour as well, we, we made a, a. It was a rookie error. Like in hindsight, it was a massive error. We went to a diner every single day, and we we weren't versed in going to Walmart or Target or somewhere and getting like cereal and milk because we I mean to be fair we didn't have anywhere to keep it we wouldn't have had anywhere to keep groceries so we, we just went to a diner every single day and got backlogged is what yeah. I'd say <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah American diner food is something steak and eggs it's just oh, yeah were you were you not veggie then? No, I I've, oh, wow. I've not been veggie that long. I was I've been veggie for probably four maybe five years now. Okay, yeah, which, steak and eggs, Denny's, that'll that'll harden you up real quick. I think the first thing I ate with Ackle when we landed, we went to a Denny's and I ate a grand sandwich, <laughs> and that that's the yeah. first time I ever ate one. And maybe the well, I probably ate three or four on that tour. Welcome to but, America. Welcome to America. But yeah, that tour it was great. That was a great tour, yeah, and and we hit it off, and um, I think what's we're a similar age, and we have similar tastes in music, and we have similar tastes in what what we're discovering. Even just ten minutes ago, when we we should have been recording but weren't, was just like a lot a lot of the things we kind of have in common, and can can share a lot of ideas and and grow together. And it started as a little trickle effect ten years ago. Yeah. But led to sort of like, hey, we're all still here. Why don't we hang out some more? Yeah. Uh, which has been we cool. like the same shit. Yeah. Such as Timmy Ferris and yeah, Mr. yeah, the, the podcast, Mr. Tim Ferris, drums, drums, and um, that's drink, it. That's drink, that. drink, drink, just two things: drink, drinking wine, drinking wine, uh, uh, no, music, traveling, I traveling. Think. Finding good food. Okay, let's come back to the traveling thing. I enjoy destinations. I do not enjoy traveling. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, I have a problem where I like. I think ahead of myself, so I never actually say anything, and I'm like constantly answering myself as I'm about to ask a question. But I was going to say, would you enjoy the destination as much without the travel? But in, I think you kind of would. If I could just be like, let's go to Iceland, bam, and we're in Iceland at like some fjord and one waterfall going, and it's like the beginning yeah. of Prometheus, I'd be like, whoa, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now let's go to a volcano in Maui. That's also amazing. Like, yeah. I, I think uh, I would be okay. Think about the flight we were on today. Uh, I would be okay never doing that again in my life, but still seeing all of these places. Like, I, th I mean, you just said exactly what the problem is. The, the problem is, with, with this career, the problem is flying if if you were if you could do a show and get on a bus and be on the bus and it arrives at the next place and you have a morning there you have a breakfast you have a wash you have a lunch it gets to the evening you play the show the thing that you've been waiting all day to do and then you go to bed and it's lovely that is the reality not that much of the time. There are few people who get to live that reality. There are yeah, few, very few people, absolutely. and every, a lot of people, I'd say, have a 
that they think that touring is something very different so when when you say hey i tour for a living like as a musician or as a lighting engineer or as sound or any other crew whatever it is being on tour means the same thing like mm. you, you've both got the same day basically oh totally yeah um, yeah yeah i mean maybe that is different at the higher up you go because i think maybe the higher up you go the less the artist does quotation marks yeah quotation marks and the more the crew does as i mean i've witnessed that i think but yeah well I, I do you know especially like a, a recent tour that i just did i i saw that a little more firsthand where these guys go to a I, I only halfway through the tour I, I learned that they they drive from the previous night to a hotel so that w whether they use it or not they've got a hotel room each yeah. you know the musicians in the band and so likely they go in and have lunch or go somewhere and have a shower and hang out and do whatever and then an hour before sound check they go to the venue maybe play one song maybe the band doesn't even sound check I think I think both oh bands did God. yeah the singer does not show up. The singer for for one band did. Singer for one another band didn't. But yeah, they they play one song. Great, sounds good. And then, so you're at the venue for like four hours of the day. Whereas our reality is like you're at the venue the All entire day. day. And in fact, you you want to be in the venue because your alternative is a a bus that you've been in parked in a back alley in Vancouver's worst neighborhood or yeah. whatever, or this like venue that has. Cheese and bread, cheese and, and bread, yeah, some bell peppers and your friends, and your yeah, friends. people hanging out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It's it's there is definitely these wild, you know, distributions of like how how that life can be. But for the vast majority of people, yeah. even 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 when you do consider those higher levels, they still need to get on a vehicle of transportation and get from one place to another. Yeah. And even uh, it's kind of an anomaly, but I just read it the other day. Uh, Pink's management and like so I don't, none of the artists I don't think were on the flight but like all of the very important people who aren't the artists were on this private jet that like crash landed somewhere and it's that. like yeah, yeah it's like obviously it's kind of like a, a fluke and lightning striking or whatever but also the job requires getting on a lot of planes and a lot of hotel rooms and a lot of buses and it's, yeah it's interesting yeah, it does but how did in the name you... of rock and roll how did you get into it? What was your induction into this circus oh. of a life? Uh, I grew up, probably like all of us, listening a to small music. small boy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was a small boy. <laughs> when I was born, I was, I was a small a boy. I was a baby, yeah. <laughs> I, every, before every show, even as a lighting guy, I reflect on my whole life. Um, uh, yeah, I was, a, I was a small boy. And... Still going. And uh, what the heck happened? I grew up in Ottawa, Canada, kind of east coast near Toronto, near New York for people who don't know Toronto. And studied music. I went to university for music, studied drums and composition. Uh, and I minored in philosophy, which I'm still not sure if that was a mistake or not, but it has definitely informed the majority of my life at this point, or a significant amount of my life. Uh, when I graduated, I was with a girl at the time, and as you do, she was from Vancouver, and she had studied in Ottawa, and we moved back across the country together, because I loved Vancouver. Some of my favorite artists were from Vancouver, and I was like enamored with it. And I moved there in 2009, May 2009, and, or 2010, May 2009, 
and immediately went to all of the big studios. This is, you know, this is literally, it's that story. I went to all of the big studios and said, let me take out your garbage. Let me make you coffee. Let me just like be a part of this scene. Trying to be the tea boy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what kind of jokes we can do here. Right? What kind of jokes I have to keep to myself. Um, so I, you can I, be I went as, around. As horrendous as you want to be. There is, there is no filter on this podcast, uh, which is And it was, I was great. trying to be the tea boy. Um, and I went to all of the big ven- all studios and they were all like, fuck off. Like, no. And I went That's to rude. one studio, which actually was coincidentally where this artist Matthew Good band, Matthew Good and his band, Matthew Good band, recorded an album called Beautiful Midnight, which was like a seminal album in my circa 1999, like growing up mm. rock, if you're into like Soundgarden, it's that kind of a thing. Um, and I was like, whoa, blown away. I'm actually at the studio talking to this guy. And he was like, I'm not going to give you a job, but I know this guy who, in parenthesis, can put you to work and then get rid of you when he doesn't need you anymore because you're the T-boy. Um, so I'll put you in touch with this guy. And the next day, I think, I'm on the phone with this guy, Devin Townsend, who is building a studio up in the woods where he lives and needs a T-boy to come and just like help him lift shit. Right? And make like, tea. And make tea, which... At some point, invariably, I did probably make tea. Uh, pierogies. I definitely, I remember pierogies. We made a lot of pierogies. What's and a pierogi? A pierogi is, uh, is it like kind of a Polish or like a Ukrainian treat? Oh, I know what pierogi like, is. It's like folded I, dough I, I with totally know what pierogi is. onions in it. Yeah. My, I, I've been to Potatoes. markets with my wife, who has Polish heritage, yeah. trying to find pierogi. So I, of course, know what pierogi is. Continue. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so... I take everything I just said back. Okay, yeah. so pierogi is delicious, by the way, and a great studio snack because it's like carbs I, and like salt and flavor, yeah. and you can smother it in hot sauce, and it cooks really easy. Yeah. Um, so I was talking with this guy, and I'm like, my background is I when I did the university thing, I was like playing jazz and and listening to classical and soundtrack music and like rock, and then I get off the phone with this guy, Devin Townsend, and I Google him. And the, this album Alien comes up. So I listened to it. I'm like, who's this guy? I listened to Alien and I was just like, oh, wow, that's, that's something. That's something. That's something a little different. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go hang, you know, I, I'm doing this. I'm going to go hang out with this, with this guy who's building a studio and see what happens. And we hung out on July 1st, 2009 for the first time, uh, which is Canada Day, which is why I always remember that. And he had this cast iron stove in this house that he was converting into a studio. And we, um, we devised, between he and I, we devised a way to get this insurmountably heavy cast iron stove. I think there was a skateboard involved, definitely some plywood. And at one point we, we like got a rope and tied it to the hitch of a truck and we we're like dragging it across the property to get it like out into the deep corner of the property. Um, but like teamwork and jokes, and lots of like fart jokes, <laughs> uh, and and it was like yeah, sweat and and we run, we won the day, and he was like, you should come back, you know, it was you know tomorrow or next week or whatever, and we continued to do that, and I moved up there and I worked with him for a while. Uh, I worked on two records, becoming the archetype. I can't remember the name of the album. That was a really interesting process, and then a band called Sights and Sounds. And they had a guitar player 
who is is like one of my best friends now to this day he's 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 living in vancouver again now and he's like yeah so that was a really formative moment in my life actually in a lot of ways uh devin closed down the studio he, he made key i wasn't around for key uh i was in vancouver working for the electronic arts the video game company but not in any glamorous way. Wait, what were you doing for Electronic Arts? So, Electronic Arts has... Tea. Yeah, basically. No, they have... Um, I got the job because it, it used to be the case that you could get this job where when you walk into the foyer of Electronic Arts, there's a store to buy all their video games. And if you are invited into the building, you can buy these games for $20 instead of $69.99 or whatever. Hmm. Um, and, and then also... Uh, this the executives and the when there's licensing legal specialists and like everyone from every hierarchy of this from literally the not maybe not the owner I don't I think they're LA but like the CEO of Electronic Arts Canada down through the ranks to the Q and A testers and stuff are all coming through me to get games and stuff so it was a really cool environment to like meet all of these people. And in the back of my head, and it has been traditionally the case, you work there for a while and you say, hey, I want to be like an audio designer and they bring you in and you do this. Mm. But I found out eventually that at the time that I got the job, I was actually working for a third party contractor and there was no hope in hell of that like ever happening. Uh. And so I, yeah, I got right around that time that I got, I was like, okay, well, it's still, it's, it's a great job. So it was a really cool, like Google kind of place with a gym and capture slide and, cool and, a stuff. Yeah, and a ball yeah. pit and exactly minus the slide and, and the pull and the ball pit but it was a lot of cool stuff um and uh this is a tesseract ball pit that you can jump in every now and then yeah absolutely i've seen it it's not the balls that you're expecting <laughs> sorry we just you took can a jump really, in we took so, a turn um well, I'm working there one day around spring 2010, a year later after meeting Devin, and he calls me up again, and he's like, hey, I'm going on tour, I need a drum tech, do you want to come out? And I was like, cool. And I, I, we went to Europe, and the first show we did, this is a really long winning Had story. Had you been a drum edit, tech? Edit all of this as much as you want. No, but I'm a drummer, so like, oh, I, okay. I can you build know, a fucking drum yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Although Ryan's kid is like, n- no small feet. No, that's that's uh, a Okay. Yeah, he's he's got a fucking and it's it's great. But I yeah, it was definitely a challenge and he definitely did a lot a lot of the work that nobody was what I was doing. Thanks, Ryan. Um but I yeah, I got to go two thousand ten and this was I think this was Devin had done they had done an Australian tour or something together as like the DTP. Uh but this was I think their first return to festivals and stuff. Mm. And I remember I can still remember specifically standing backstage at Hellfest it was the first show and it's like Hellfest is fucking big man. yes Hellfest is big and That's in France right yeah. yeah and it was it's like a lot of people um and they were like well here we go and to the to like to Devin's credit and to and to, and to Dave and and Beeve and Ryan's credit they fucking killed it of course what year and was this 2010 uh, before so the summer we... right before I met you yeah wow okay. yeah and so I was over there drum tech and we did a bunch of shows we did a couple club dates festivals came back Canada went over and did a couple more festivals came back and then a couple months later hey we're doing an American tour uh, they didn't have a drum tech but he was like but I do need a tour manager I need someone to you know just deal with all this shit mm. that no one wants to deal with okay I'll do that 
And then while I was on that tour, uh, there was no LD. There was no lighting guy. Mm. And I'm musical and I want to participate and I want to do shit. And I'm sitting there thinking like, well, no one's doing justice to this show, frankly. Like, the house guy's not going to know the music. You know uh, the music. I know the music, yeah, and because I'm because I'm sitting there, and and I'm a drummer, so I can keep up with like, it's you know Devin's stuff is not is not um, unreasonably complicated, but it's complicated enough. Uh, but I can keep up, you know, pressing buttons. Mm. Certainly no Ryan as a drummer, but I can like strobe and blind things in time with the music. For people that aren't, for people that have never touched a lighting console, even like the the most simple thing like you you basically if you can drum with your fingers yeah you can do a basic totally yeah show. bus along yeah. yeah like if you and if you set it up properly too it's 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 literally like a drummer's it's like um what was that thing where you play along with nintendo and the rock band or whatever rock, yeah like the uh rock band yeah, yeah. for for drummers uh, Except, oh, there was another one. There right? was another one that Guitar had a drum hero. kit, Guitar, Guitar Hero, and yeah, 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 drum yeah. Hero. So I started doing that on that tour, and that was the beginning of it. Uh, right after that tour I did with you guys, we then went to Europe. Uh, before we went to Europe, we went to Nam to play. I played drums, and we did some songs off of key at the North American Music Manufacturers Conference, Nam in Anaheim. And that was fucking amazing because, like, mm. thank you for having me. Oh, is that what we did? Or was I just there doing something else? No, because Duras was there one year. So, no, that wasn't me. At one point, I went and played some shit, though. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was there, and Devin met Paul Collis again for the first time. Yes. Who he hadn't seen in like 10 years. Who is who, Paul Collis? Paul Collis is tour manager extraordinaire. He's also working with Anthrax. Uh, and, and I mean, uncountable uh, uh, groups, and he's he's just it's such a uh, yeah. Mostly, he's a tour manager, front of house, uh, tour de force. But he's just such a, a knowledgeable and smart man and wonderful guy. And he and Devin had worked together uh, years ago with Strapping. And had not seen each other in years, and they met up again at Nam, which is why I'm pointing that out. And then Paul was taking us out as tour manager front of house for the European tour Devon Townsend project uh, initiation process, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember. Uh, and I was going to do lighting and video, and we had a band that was providing a bunch of video content and or video gear and stuff for us. And coming back to, I don't remember if we caught this on this talk or if it was on the previous one we didn't catch but we said something about like i just say yes and then figure it out and that has literally been like the story of my that's been career. everything that you've done so it far. really has been yeah that's with it. you guys i'm sure i've done that as well where it's like yeah i'm gonna yeah, make this happen i think yeah. though if if you are if you have the confidence to be able to do that and it doesn't stress you out because you're like yeah i can do that like i there's, there's a couple of things that i know that i can do in my life where I can say, yeah, like if someone comes to me and they're like, we've got this problem, can you do this? And I don't know how to do it, but I feel as though I can say yes, and with some effort I can get to that, I, I can create a, uh, I can resolve the problem. Yeah. Th then I've got no problem saying it. And I, I feel like you've obviously got that skill with all of this stuff. 
I have like yeah, I have I have waved that flag fucking wildly for yeah. for ten years and it's been it's been cool, but with it was like, hey, we want to do video and lighting and I was like cre- I just spent so much time creating the content that it was the night bef- we we flew to Europe, got on the bus, and I still didn't know how I was going to trigger the video in time with the music. Yeah. And I was sat in the lounge of the bus at like 4 a.m. driving to the first gig with this software that I had discovered, uh, VDMX, and I was like loading all the video files in and using the play. I think I don't know if we were using Ableton. I think we were using Cubase at the time. We were using Cubase, and I was like triggering everything, making sure everything was going to work. And this is like hours before loading on the first day, <laughs> but we, I figured it out and it all worked. And it doesn't always work that way, but it worked that way that time. And and we had a tour, and that tour was was amazing because it was like my it was like all of a sudden I've gone from uh, graduating you know uni in, in Ottawa uh, two years later I'm I'm touring with a rock band in Europe doing yeah. the tour bus thing and uh, it was fucking great probably a lot of people don't have that same path you know that's yeah I know there's there's yeah there's I don't want to say it's all luck because I I do lean heavily on the power of yes, the power of for sure. I will do this. Like, man, I I can name so many things where I mean the last thing that we did the, uh, the sorry the last thing that that I did the arena tour was like I don't know if I can do this, but yes because because you'll figure I'm it out. Gonna do it. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna figure it out. And I you know this gig. Uh, I had another gig with John Carpenter, the horror movie director, on a console that I didn't know that well, but I was like, not going to turn this down. Mm. And I just told everybody, like, I mean, I did know it enough, but there's you know obviously... enough to... Yeah. This yeah. wasn't like my 10th rodeo. This was my first radio, rodeo. Yeah. It really was, you know, and but but I know enough how to, you know, to... to to troubleshoot and figure out what I need to do mm. and I, I'm like you say you're confident in your ability to deal with it in the circumstances like you, you can handle the the stress of figuring this thing out even when it's well there's another cat there's there a lot of cats, lot of cats yeah. even when it's, it's very high stakes yeah and and one thing that I really need to throw out there is the importance of not a boss but he was he is the boss uh but a team that understands when you have put a like a ton of stuff on the line and it doesn't come across flawless and they are understanding people yes and i have benefited from that a lot because (laughs) i have i really have and i know that like especially like the dtp over the last x years uh we had huge visions for what we were going to do and it ended up putting a lot of a lot on the shoulders of like Devin and the band and myself and it didn't always come across perfectly like seamless but we were doing things that like I don't think generally bands at that level were, would be expected to do right yeah. and so the audience would show up and be like holy fuck well, um, yeah. I mean, I, I was there at Retinal Circus at the Roundhouse in London. That's a, that's a very good and example. Actually, that, I mean, yeah. but that entire show was insane to witness. Yeah, cool. And look, I, I just took away 
incredibly good vibes from that but i'm sure you will have something else to say about that show that you're just like <laughs> well, oh my god something horrible happened yeah. and i'm not pleased about that well the video but, was out of sync with the audio on by yeah was the narrator and it was way out of sync and that's completely my fault and that was <laughs> that was like a, a the result of a little bit the result of saying yes I'm, I'm gonna do this and but you say completely out of sync you're talking like 0.5 of a second or something I mean there was so the I mean the way that it was being managed in the in the queuing and the right uh, running of it was like the audio was not the same file as the video yeah so they had to get launched at the right and so some of it was fine some of it was unnoticeable you know some of it was like a little weird and some of it was like words off um, and you know it just it kind of is what it is because also what i think is interesting is at the end of the day nobody left saying oh, oh the, 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 yeah the video was at a sync with yeah, the audio totally. people left being like fucking jed simon showed up and they played love and there was fucking fire and pyro and like all this shit it was and, an insane show yeah so like and so you just say yes and you do it right and yeah. the, and you you continue to grow these opportunities to to do some of these things and uh the the question was how did this all happen and that's how it all happened was that's how it all happened i moved was, west and said yes to every opportunity and continue so to do that if you're listening to this and you're wondering how to make it happen move west and say yes <laughs> yeah that, that is the only way that's it um, well it's one of one of the ways what has been the single most the, the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome in any aspect of doing this of the professional side like of, of the music industry uh, I mean. of the music yeah if, if you had to name oh, the the biggest hurdle that you've had to mentally or physically or financially or anything hmm. the biggest hurdle to your life as a 30 something year old boy that you've had to <laughs> overcome yeah what would that be i think that an almost non-answer is that i think about how this has changed your life like yeah this is the the hurdle is that um the hurdle is that, uh, i grew up in a government town like, I don't know what the equivalent of that is in in the UK or like around London. London. I guess London, but even I feel like there's more hustle in London there's, than there is in Ottawa. But like I said to someone the other day, Ottawa is the equivalent of like Washington D.C. in Canada. Like okay, everybody, yeah. you you grow up, you go to school, immediately like have a family like, or get a job, have a family, work for the government, and even if you're not working for the government, like it's those same values are there where you're like, get a job, fucking do this uh, nuclear family thing, right? Mm. And I think that whether or not I was built for that and whether or not I would have succeeded at that, to be like, right, I don't really know what to do with any of that, but I know that I love music and I love the power of music and I'm going to now move and do this and go on tour and 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 or not even go on tour but just i'm gonna put it all into this mm. and now i'm 34 and like in romania talking to the lovely jay pasto about just you know life and, and we're doing this and is like such a i'm not at home with my partner and my kid or whatever right now right i'm like i'm like doing this yeah 
And so I, I almost would say that the hurdle is is unknown in that sense. If you want a better answer, Dan Duncan. Michael. That was Dan, <laughs> the, the, the very famous Daniel Tompkins from Twitch. Um, dropping in to say hello. Dropping in to say hello and to drop off my portable charger mm. because he's, he's stolen it all day so that he can play Legendary Game of Heroes. Mm. Good um, game. Legendary that game. That is a very interesting That's response. That's kind of like a non-answer, right? Yeah. No, it's not a non-answer at all. No. It, it's, a, it's a life answer because that is kind of the truth. The, the hardest part of doing this is kind of being away. Mm-hmm. That is, is kind of the answer. Like You're away from what so many people recognize as a normal life. Mm-hmm. And when you say, when your answer to, hey, what do you do for a living is, oh, like, you, you somehow answer, I go away on tour and I'm in, I'm in a band and I do this thing. Their expectation is so far from the reality mm. that um, it's a it's a very difficult, it's an awkward conversation to have. I, I don't mm-hmm. enjoy having those conversations. I wonder what but, the analogy would be to like I mean like if you're, if you said I'm a, a, a steward on an airline like that's kind of like what you do. Oh yeah, you, you wake up you, you, you do something all day you yeah. fart around you play like drums and then you get on a plane and you go somewhere else you're taking as many flights as air, as people that work on airplanes yeah basically and and when when you if if i were to tell someone that like oh i'm a you know a, whatever you call it a, stu- a steward on an airline they wouldn't be like wow that sounds great travel they're like oh yeah that sounds like a lot of hotels a lot of travel time a lot of waiting around yeah a lot of fucking uncomfortable situations and for sure, you end up in places that are spectacular and amazing. But how many times, if you think about this, because you've been with us a lot of this summer, mm-hmm. other than the time you went off with the Spice Girls, um, <laughs> you were with us for a good amount of this summer. Yeah. And we had how many days off or how many... How many? How much percentage of a day where it looks on our schedule like it's a day off? Because you're like, oh great, I've got a day off there. But then when you actually look at the schedule, like, damn it, I'm actually driving from X place to X place, and I'll, it's not a day off. It's a day where I'm sat on a bus, sweating my ass off, and I'm going to be eating Doritos all day. Yeah. From service, Doritos, Pringles, like Lay's, Walkers, whatever you want from service stations that is what i'm eating all day because there is no other food yeah there's a lot of days that are like that when you're like damn i thought i was actually going to be in rome all day yeah yeah we got a day off in in rome and then the reality is you're avoiding 19 people in a space the size of a picnic table until about 5 p.m and then you get there and you're like okay where does everyone want to eat and you're like you got we got three people that want to go for sushi one person that wants to just have a coffee yeah another couple of people that want to go for italian and you you then have an hour walking around Rome, yeah, figure, trying to yeah, find somewhere to, to somewhere to eat, and then go to sleep because <laughs> you got a really <laughs> fucked day the next day. You're like, oh, by the way, we have to drive eight hours tonight eight hours. before we get to the next place. Yeah. yeah, and that was your day off. Yeah, that was your day off. Yeah, that's, that's that is kind of the the reality of most days off. Um, but you, but you know, but the shows are cool. The shows are cool. For the most part, I'm not going to comment because 
I get pissed off when things don't go right. But only... What is it that you get pissed off about? I'll tell you what. Can we get into that? Oh, God. We can get into that because I'm about to experience that in the probably... Oh, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be... You, you know what? Ahead. I'm going to get into it because I'm... I'm we, we, we don't know. We don't need to name I'm names, already but. steaming. I'm already, like, I'm sat. I'm at, like, 99.9 degrees of boiling... Okay, we're, let me let me try to summarize because I want to see if I can lay out where you're at right now, and I I feel for you because a, like I, you know, play a four piece kit, and if the fucking ride symbols in the wrong place, I can't I can't play. You have a particular fucking kit that you have play and have been playing, and you play complicated enough tunes that require a pretty specific thing. Precision. And I also yeah, and also the analogy would be hand fucking one of the guitar players someone's fucking Yamaha Pacifica someone's and be like, ukulele <laughs> yeah. that, that, that has been under the sea for the past five years <laughs> and here you go play this ridiculous play this. set yeah and for some reason with but it is with drums everybody's like ah well they're drums there's a there's a surface here so you'll be fine as long as we got six surfaces and then six metal surfaces somewhere in the vicinity of things yeah it'll be fine which is obviously fucking far from the truth and you're sh we're, sh we're showing up tomorrow, and as far as I heard, because we advance gigs, right? So we've got a, yes. a great tour manager who d oh, talks yeah. with, um, yeah, particularly, oh, cats. Cats are chasing cats. Oh, shit. Uh, we've got a great fucking human slash tour manager on on these this whole summer, right? Who, He's incredible. So yeah. Compared, I mean, we've had some good tour managers, but he is... He's the bee's knees. He's the, the bee's knees, yeah. Um... And he has been like, hey, our drummer needs this. And, and I advanced think it a good while ago. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. And and they, I think, came back saying, great, that, that will be done for you. And now we're finding out like 24 hours in advance or something that, I mean, I don't know how long ago, but I found out 24, 24 hours, hours in advance, advance that the band that is playing prior is using that exact drum kit. Yes. It probably in a different configuration. For sure. Um, different symbols. Different, yeah. And now, and then they're like, of course you can just, you know, which, yeah, is like, come on, guys. Well, um, yeah, that that is the exact situation. So, <laughs> normally... And I think it's important to state that you're the, the Tesseract is the headline band. And well, um, but like, so it should be your kit. I don't know. That's what, you know what I it, think. It should, it should yeah. Like... It's sh typically the what normally happens is uh, and has happened every every single show that Tesseract has ever played ever, even in the early days, ten twelve years ago. Um, we, we've never ever done what I'm about to do tomorrow. Wow. And I'm about to have a little cry about it. So what's going to happen is the there's a the band uh, band on before us, lovely great chaps. band, but called lovely Leprous. Human beings. Lovely yeah. people, great band. Um, we were told that there's there's a drum kit that is sorted, and we get to use it. Great, and two bands are going to use it that day. No problem. Okay, we're going to get it. We're going to set it up. It's going to go on stage. Awesome. That's not a problem. That happens sometimes. You know, festivals it you fly in and. Yeah. Uh, a couple of bands use the same kit, it's fine. You've normally got a couple of hours with the kit. We've got 15 minutes with the drum kit. 
so what happens is a uh, leprous finish their set I get 15 minutes to set up the kit and then are expected to play our show it's not my kit I've never seen the kit I have no idea how to set it up if it was even my drum kit it takes me about 45 minutes to set up my drum kit so a drum kit I've never used before regardless of who's used it before me and whether it's roughly in the approximate con like configuration of my kit it is not it's not how I'm going to use my kit so I am actually dreading tomorrow I'm really not looking forward to this show which which really sucks like yeah. considering yeah. the because that's why you're here that's why I'm here like the, if you think I've worked my entire life if you literally think about it like this I've worked my entire life to get to this stage every single show that you do the next show that you do is the like the, the pinnacle of what you've worked towards regardless of how big or small it is mm -hmm. it is where you've got to and I know that no matter how hard I work tomorrow, this is going to be a very difficult show, and I'm I'm probably going to be stressed all the way through it. And then I know that after it, <laughs> after the show, we drive straight to an airport. As far as I, oh man, no, we've got two hours we sleep. Have two hours sleep, and then we drive to Don't an airport. That. And then we fly home. So mm -hmm. we, we haven't really got sleep, if you think about it like that. Mm -hmm. So we, we do this show, we pack up, we go and lie on a bed and stare at the ceiling for a minute, and then we get on a flight. It, it's it's kind of rough. Anyway, that is me moaning about what I'm about to do. What I think is interesting about that is that it's the it's real it's realistically the challenge of fucking doing this yeah that's most of the time i mean this is a in for me a level 10 challenge this uh, tomorrow i don't have a choice i've either got to lay down the law and just be like i cannot set this up in time you've got mm. to give me more time mm -hmm. and whether that impacts on our set time which really sucks if it does but mm -hmm. i wish that it wasn't organized like this because yeah the, they, they the have no idea not, what they're have doing not been dealt with very well yeah. uh, that that is the reality of it um if it was two bands playing the same four-piece kit that would be a different conversation and if it yeah if it wasn't two prog bands that had very specific setups and i was just a punk guy that could just play any kit or if i was a guy who practiced on any other kit but realistically tesseract is not a pub band that can just turn up and play any drum kit like mm -hmm. I mean, or maybe i'm not a drummer that can turn up and play any anyway this isn't about me Mike, I mean, I like you. I like talking about you. So. I like, yeah, but I, I'm I, if you, if this focuses on me, it's going to basically result in people committing suicide. <laughs> so let's not do that. I really look forward to the show tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna tweet how great the show is. Tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, I've got a bunch of questions because I've thought about this a lot because okay. I I've looked forward to doing a podcast with you, oh. um, and I've I've got I've got nine questions oh man we gotta get so, on with this well we don't have to run through all nine so i'm going to try and cherry pick the best ones what do you think about doing this court what, time, what do you think about trying to hit a courtyard tomorrow with this because i, I would really like that we can hit a courtyard i reckon we'll we'll smash out another couple of questions yeah absolutely and then we'll find a courtyard tomorrow and we'll touch each other over coffee and it will probably sound great. better because we won't have been drinking wine it's gonna sound it's gonna sound just it's gonna sound better for some ways and worse for grammar syntax yeah Okay, so let's just pick one of these at random. Um, here's a good one. I've asked this a couple of times, and I, th I think it results in generally a good answer. And if it doesn't, 
you're a terrible person. So perfect. Um, Therefore, a bad answer. A bad answer, exactly. What is the single greatest piece of advice that you would give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, my 20-year-old self? Yeah. Invest in crypto. Yeah? I mean, let's face it. If I had put... Uh, how old was I? When, oh, I was, when I was 20, that was, was uh, 2005. No, but in five years later, my 25-year-old self. $1,000... By the t- by, by the time it peaked before it crashed. So actually, it's it's two pieces of advice. Dear twenty year old self in two thousand and five, shave balls more regularly. And shave balls, work out, obviously. Work Learn out. to talk to women. Uh, Just women. Save save ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> women and men. Women and men, boys. Uh, but. Uh, in around 2010, this thing is going to come around called Bitcoin and just get $1,000 and put it in Bitcoin. And before January 2018, in December 2017, I think that was the year, take it out. And I would have made my 20 year old self $4 million. And that is, I mean, there, and that there is are why a lot we are of, friends. There are a lot of, yeah, right? Because all we care about is money, though. There's a lot of advice, I guess. But, you know, I want to say shit like say yes to everything. But I feel like the only other one would be practice more. Like we were talking, okay, to, to rewind back to the conversation that we weren't recording in the restaurant yes, earlier. that would have been a good conversation. That was a really cool on. conversation. And we were talking about, and I'd love to point out Garska because I think he's a fucking great drummer. Mm. Um, and, and, we, and, and we were talking about drumming. I'm a drummer and you're a drummer. And so... I find it interesting to hear you talking about your techniques and your approaches and stuff because, you know, I can apply them, not that I take the time to do it, but I have played drums in my life, so I have I have an idea. You know and what it, a drum is. It tickles my fancy, yeah. Um, I Wait, what's a drum? It's round. Okay, so yes, I know what a drum is. A drum is the circle shape. The circle of loudness. <laughs> um, and we were talking about... You were talking about how you wanted to take some time, if we can go into this, you were yeah. talking about how you wanted to take some time to really apply like a rudimentary learning technique to something new. Yes. Because uh, to, to my surprise, you haven't really in the last, sounds Ever. like 10 years, yeah, Ever. sat down and been like, I'm going to work on this for the next month or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Or that you've just been sort of like playing and like I think you're a fucking great drummer I think you're a fucking uh, really tasteful really uh, dynamic and there's a lot of feel and there's a lot of groove and like I I hold that above just shredding playing a bunch of shit yeah is is like just tastiness you know chewiness that Chewy. face mm. that meme that's going around right now where it's like a picture of stink face and it's like this is the highest <laughs> Uh, compliment that a musician can pay another com- musician. It's the, the gurn of approval. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you were talking about, um, you know, working and, and you wanted to, through some of the podcasts we were talking about, you wanted to take some techniques of learning and apply that to your drumming. Yeah. And, and, and how, and I struggled with this too, like that whole, you go on Instagram and watch a bunch of amazing drummers play and you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, this is, it's overwhelming. Um, and and how maybe we we the the royal sort of general we spend too much time uh, looking at what other people do 
and judging ourselves based on what other people do and I, not enough not yeah it's not healthy and and not enough on just looking inward and being like what did i do yesterday what can i do tomorrow kind yeah. of thing and i think uh just to give some props to mr matt garska i think he seems like the kind of guy who spent a lot of time in just focusing on how can i be better yes and i think obviously that has benefited him because he's like yeah. he's amazing. a prime example of how to do that so mm-hmm. what what Mike just said, we, we were talking about how I basically have never done anything. <laughs> the, the way I learn drums is I listen to a demo that Ackle has sent and I'm like, yeah, I can play that. And I think about it and I listen to it a bunch of times and then I maybe have a day or two with the song and then we have a rehearsal and then we go on tour wow that's that's intense though that is what, wild that's what i do and i never stress about it because i mm. i i know that i can i i've got enough in my reserve in my learnt skills to be able to pull off 95% mm. of what he's done kind of which I don't know. I don't know if that sounds lazy or what, but no, it's I, an interesting approach. It's a very strange thing. But what I want to do is, like we were talking about earlier, is find something that I can't do. Demonstrate here's day one, here's day seven, here's day thirty, and and show that progression, and w- work out what it was that I realized maybe there was a key point where I realized okay that's it that's how you do it mm. figure out what that is and be able to show that to people in a useful way that's kind of what I'd like to work out for for I don't know for Tesseract drum lessons or just general shit that I'm trying to work out mm. um, it's been a while since I've done anything like that but I'm gathering an interest in that and are you going to have a studio at home yes in, in America in America when I move to Austin yes it's going to be a it's just the spare bedroom in the little house that we live in will be Same. my drum studio but it's going to be electric drums because I don't want to get evicted yeah fair <laughs> enough um, cool but electric drums learn shit get it good go to studio for a day record real drums with someone who knows what they're doing yeah rather right, than me yeah, trying yeah. to do it for myself and it sounds like someone's literally hitting an anus and <laughs> odd tone those yeah. those ain't I yeah um yeah I should I need to filter out some of my thoughts never uh yeah you're, you're a pure boy I'm dude. a pure boy let's let's pick one more question um yeah, I thought I would have more. I thought I would have a better answer. No, that's other a good than Give myself crypto advice, but no, that's a good answer because at this stage you'd be minted and you'd have way less worries because you'd be able to take way more risks. And this and this is something that I do think is interesting because it comes back to like the I'm talking about this. Uh, this came up actually. I spent some time in Lisbon, uh, really finding myself a little bit more, primarily through partying, but meeting really interesting people and talking with really interesting people and some of the conversations that came up one person was Jim Carrey and and in the back of my mind was always was Jim Carrey yeah and and you met Jim Carrey 
No, 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 no. Uh, sorry. Uh, Conversationally, ah, talking okay, about okay. Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Right. I ran into Jim Carrey and Lisbon. Uh, no, uh, and Sting, who are two people that I think are examples of people who have basically literally had it all. Maybe not literally. Yeah. Like the fame, the fortune. They're still young and healthy, and they're they're fucking good at what they do, and like all this stuff, and and yet found themselves recognizing that there was still effectively an infinite void of like something else yeah the, right? they were striving for so much more and everything even by everyone's standards they'd achieved everything like beyond they yeah. beyond way beyond everything that they, movies richness fame everything that you would consider to be 100 percent. they were yeah. still like i am empty There's and they're looking you... for the thing that makes them full mm-hmm. and uh and so that would be sort of the other kind of advice that I would try to impart to my 20-year-old self. But I think, interestingly, if I could give my 25, 30-year-old self $4 million cash in untraceable <laughs> crypto, it might give me where I am right now the sort of freedom to then be like, okay, let's go think about some shit for a while. Let's go explore these other ideas. Yeah. And I actually look at a guy like Tim Ferriss who I really need to reread the four hour work week, but Oh man, that's a great book. But didn't he like make a bunch of money and then the book kind of started from there? And so in my head it's always like, okay, you know, on my quest to find truth, step one, conquer like the game of making money in like the world. And then move on from there. And that, that was you frustrated me a little have, bit. No, like, yeah. I mean the the old saying is that you need money to make money is I think that is relevant. Like you you can't just be like, hey, and then I was rich, like. But yeah. but even like um can you okay can you discover everything that there is? Not that that's obviously a deeper question than than whatever. But like, can you discover? Can you take the time? And uh, I'm not finishing any of these sentences, but I think that we all maybe know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you're constantly worried about like, oh, right, I, you know, I got home from work at 10 o'clock at night and I got to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning mm. and I got, you know, transit and I've got bills and I've got all this stuff. Like, when is a human meant to sit down and like meditate and discover themselves when you're like there are, rat racing all the time yeah I mean there's a lot of things that if you listen to Tim Ferriss Joe Rogan or any of, any of those kind of very potentially helpful podcast things yeah there's a bunch of things that you can take out of it that you could take out of it if you made if you specifically made time for it I think that, that's the thing you, you've got to be like okay I'm going to wake up earlier to do this Mm -hmm. or I'm going to take this thing out of my life that I currently do now and replace it with this otherwise it makes no difference you're you're I, th I think though if you if you are listening to that kind of thing you are you are thinking of doing something different you're you're thinking of mm. about the next thing you're trying to do something better than you're currently doing whether that's for you or the, the earth or whatever like you're you're genuinely trying to reach the next level is otherwise why you're listening to it yeah like, yeah you know, the the only reason those those uh podcasts exist that that medium exists is for people who are interested in achieving or trying striving to achieve the next thing 
<laughs> and the last 12 months of my life have been that. I, 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 I'm just absorbing as much of that as I can. I haven't been, I haven't got into it before that at all. I hadn't heard of any of it. I stumbled upon it through a friend of mine, through my accountant, believe it or not. Yeah. My accountant was like, have you heard of Tim Ferriss? I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. So check this out. And it just opened a wormhole of, oh my God. Yeah, like, yeah it's endless. It's, it's, it's endless and incredible. And yeah. there's, there's so much. The rabbit hole goes so deep. Mm -hmm. um, but I love it. I love it so much. And it's inspired a lot of thought. And it's making me think about the next level of things in terms of music, art, stage show life mm. where i want to be like it's 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 everything is next level it's made me even realize like i to move i'm i'm going through a transitional period at the moment moving from the mm -hmm. uk to the us i've gotten rid of everything i own every single thing nearly everything and i basically have all of the things that I own in a very small suitcase and a man bag. Satchel. Satchel. Man purse. Man purse. <laughs> boy purse. Like every everything. I, I can leave my house in the U in the UK or Austin where my wife and dogs are mm. with everything yeah. I need to survive and yeah. go from place to place to place. And there's nothing that I miss. I've got the ability to listen to music. I've got the ability to run all of my businesses. I've got the ability to kind of drum when I'm in either place. And that's it. Like, that's crazy. And there's there's nothing that I need to travel with that is outside of a small, like, overhead cabin suitcase and mm -hmm. handbag. Okay, one more question, and then do you think we'll show up in a courtyard tomorrow at some I, point? I hope so. Okay. I, I'm gonna. I'm just literally moving. I'm running on question four of nine. Do you have a bucket list? And if you do, I mean, this is very specific. If you know it very well, if you don't, then don't worry. What are the top three items on there? And do you think they're actually achievable, or are they ridiculous? My top three items on the bucket list that I don't have are not achievable. And that's why I don't have a bucket list. Uh, okay, I say bucket list. I, I have a list of things. It existed in Gmail, first of all, as a draft email mm -hmm. to myself. And I update it every, like, five years. Okay. And I've updated it every couple of years, actually, since I left a, a typical day job. And it was really simple shit at the time, which seemed like an achievement, which is, like, own a specific car, own a house, have a specific amount in the bank, mm. have done a, this kind of touring, have toured on a... Like, I had things like, have toured on a bus, have do a North American tour, yeah, release album, uh, do drum clinic, things like that. That's and really I've interesting. Ticked, I've ticked like a bunch of those off, and now they seem like such small things. But when I was like twenty, mm. they seemed huge. Yeah. Uh, well, there's. I think there's definitely something to be said about once you've done something, the perspective how how the perspective changes on it, right? Yeah. Uh, some of the shit that we've we've done, you've done, and I've done, we've done even together, are insurmountable in our like 20 year old selves yeah like, you, you look back and the, the the 18 to 20 year old self who's like oh my god i got a, a an advert in a metal magazine oh my god i'm i've made it 
Mm-hmm. And then the 25, 30 year old self is like, oh my God, I just played Hammersmith Apollo. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, I just played Hammersmith I Apollo. I just did it. I yeah, just did exactly. It. Like, yeah. You feel like it's definitely not nothing, but it's something that you just did. And you don't go to yeah, sleep that night thinking, fuck, I just did that. You're just like. Most of the time, when, yeah. Most of the time, when I've accomplished some of those things, I'm so exhausted that I just go to sleep. Which is so. There's a bucket list. I want to spend. I want to appreciate more things. Yeah. Earlier on today, randomly, before we move on to whatever you're thinking of currently, mm-hmm. I was going through a old hard drive of mine for another podcast that I'm trying to sort out. Where we listen to a bunch of old Tesseract demos, Ooh, um, and I found all of the. I found a bunch of photos that I took from the stage at Hammersmith Apollo, where you were setting oh, yeah, up, yeah. and you'd got like the the test screen on the wall, yeah, and we were looking out so at well. the tears and like that and the white stage. I want to see those. I want to see those pictures. It, it's like four or five pictures, but that was Still, like yeah. that was great. Yeah, that was that was really. That was a moment in time. I remember turning sure. around to you at one point and being like, can I set my drums up? And you're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you were like, yeah, just fucking do it. Like, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can set my drums up. Mike, can I set my drums up? Cause oh, well, we were having, I'm sure we were having a day probably, right? Like, logistically, we were probably like, are we even going to make this happen or whatever? I can imagine. Yeah. That, that show went so well. That show went so well. Yeah. And, and it went really well for you guys, I think, as well, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it was a bizarre show playing Hammersmith Apollo. That was a, like a big show. Yeah, it's interesting because actually that's like not in any. Just because I was like so far out my own asshole or whatever had shit going on, I didn't. Wa- I don't think I watched you guys at all that night. And yet, that's not unnatural. You know, that's like I mean, how many how many nights? Here's an interesting thing to talk about. Here's, here's like a little segue. Yeah. You're on tour. Oh, the opening band. You, not even the opening band, but like you're on tour and the uh, everyone's like, oh my God, like such and such is touring with such and such and they're on tour with such and such. They've got three bands on a bill. How many times any of the bands on the bill watch any of the other bands on the bill? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's closer to zero than it is to 10%, effectively. Yeah. There are some, of course, like, I don't know what you guys did with Meshuggah, for example, when you were out. I packed my kit up as soon as I could and watched as many of their shows <laughs> exactly. as I could. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But it's Meshuggah. It's Meshuggah, yeah. They, they are the, uh, uh, to be fair, I've watched as many Meshuggah shows as I can, and I tried to watch as many Devin shows as I can because a Devin show is different every night. Yeah, yeah, that like, was a spectacle. For Devin sure. is different every night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there are bands. I remember with Gojira uh, when we were out with them. I would like try to watch the show because you're just like, yeah. what the fuck? We did watch. We we did a North American tour with Gojira, which we watched a number of those shows. Yeah, because they they were phenomenal. Like, yeah. It was Just, it was a great show to watch. Yeah, um, and and to specifically with the Apollo thing, that was kind of like a one-off production. That was another one of these days, like to come back to the whole say yes and figure it out later. Uh, usually, what ends up happening is everything happens all at once, 
in that moment and you're just like by the skin of your teeth or whatever that saying is and that show did go really well but in that era of of DTP man I had uh at least I felt like for me I had a lot on my shoulders in terms yeah. of we had the lighting was automated the, the the guitar patch changes were automated my keyboard patch changes were automated the playback was all under my finger and the visuals were all also there and and so there was just like a lot going on and of course anyone who's out there on stage playing it fucking gig is like and you were playing the xylophone and i was playing the xylophone yeah the glockenspiel actually yeah um the uh midi glockenspiel um but just like the it's you know yeah it's 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 a lot going on so the the 45 minutes or the 90 minutes or whatever that i had to like eat dinner or whatever it was uh, that night i was eating dinner but i remember seeing pictures of you guys playing after and it looked fucking amazing like it looked like that's because you had nothing to do with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it's all been downhill from there downhill. uh i'm gonna do one more question and then we'll we'll see about either i think it'd be fun to do the downtown i think we should pick we could pick this up tomorrow or we could mm-hmm. do it, we could do the rest because i've got so much more that we could ask you yeah yeah oh yeah um, we do it, yeah do whatever Here's one that you'll have probably heard before that I've completely stolen from all of the podcasts that I listen to, but I think mm. it's such a great question. If you have one message that you could get out to the whole world, oh, what would it be? Love each other. Everybody love each other more. Like Have more time for each other. Be more patient with each other. Listen to each other. Appreciate each other's perspective. Yeah that whole like uh, I think right now the world is in this weird place where we're maybe recognizing more than ever that we are closer to being like literally one entity yeah uh, and yet the whole every you know everything it's I gone so far shit. in both directions yeah and 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 we are in some ways more cut off right and in some ways more alienating but like there's 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 uh i don't know if i'm getting a little too far up my own ass here but like there's literally scientific proof that we may or may not be sharing a fucking consciousness yeah and more than ever some fucking human is hating on some other human for the color of their skin or or whatever it's like do you know how feel... can we be that you know so just you know let's be together right yeah um, and I think a lot, yeah, a lot of the shit that's going on right now is just as a result of that sort of not not acceptance. That being said, we had a really difficult flight here today. <laughs> that was because some smelly shit behind us had bathed in ale and then got on the flight. And he smacked my headphones ale. off with his beer belly. Yeah, oh, brutal. Yeah. Like. Uh, it, it was it was a nature of the the the, um, the the amount of money we were we could f- spend on the flight. So we were on a flight that was like fifty quid each, and um, 
that is all I'm willing to say about this because you're all going to think I'm a horrible person if I talk anymore. Um, anyways, my yeah, my my point is it's funny how in the moment, in the personal moment, we we steal other people and are like, who the fuck is this asshole doing this right now? And I'm 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 so fucking bad with that. Not not in like a uh in. in how can I put it like a universal I hate anybody who's not specifically me like and it could be anybody it could be literally also me on the other side but because it's not me I'm like who is this asshole and it's like literally yeah. it's me when you want the same uh, background as me the same person but like but I'm my ego is so fucking inflated in this moment yeah. in time I'm like who are you to you know get to the urinal before I do or whatever yeah I think when you, when you are on when you're on a flight, when you're in an, and that, I'm going to yeah, extend that. When you are, are in an airport, like <laughs> the person immediately in front of you or behind you at security, that person can shit <laughs> off. Like whoever that person is, that they, they put their tray on the thing that moves before you. Like you fuck off. <laughs> like you. What do you think? What do you think it is that we have that like? Um, I, I, I want to take some because I, I was having this conversation with one of these people in Lisbon the other day about like death and we're all just afraid of dying because we don't know what's on the other side but like I, it's, I reckon it's all Smurfs what do you think oh yeah are they blue no they're, they're like they're still beige or whatever color they're, they're, they're just the same color as us but but Smurfs but small and they have those hats we've got those hats and there's one female and an old guy and everyone else is the exact same. What was the deal with that show? I don't even understand. Like, who conceived this show? Like, oh shit, we forgot. I don't know, but like the the, the fact girl. that there was one female Smurf. Yeah. That yeah, raised some questions, eh? It raises, it raises many many questions. Like, she's got some definite problems in the future. Yeah, she. Yeah, or like really powerful mace or something. <laughs> I don't know. She's like, yo, I'll stay away. Uh, yeah, what is it about like those moments where we're just we feel encroached upon and we want everyone to die in hellfire and it's really just because of our I mean I I don't know I have a story about personal space the guy sitting beside me was playing with his genitals throughout the flight did you help no and I was like but you know what I mean like because because what I was gonna say before that was like why can't I just like give the person next to me like a big hug and like we can just you like could share if they each didn't other's space have one of their hands on their genitals he literally like touching his dick and the whole time i was like how much more is this person gonna do this before i like lose it and you like scream like what what the fuck are you doing you know yeah. um, anyway uh travel is is a really psychotic thing that we do you know what i was sat next to dan and for probably the first 50 minutes of the journey he likes to think that he's a considerate traveler but what he does is actually elbow you a little bit all oh, the time the subtle the and, subtle elbow well he, he was like he was doing something on his laptop and he does something on his laptop he he, he adjusts his bag he, he adjusts something else he'll decide he needs his headphones he, need, he needs a spearmint which <laughs> to dan is a chewing gum he, he likes to call them spearmints he needs to put his laptop back in his bag he wants his headphones though he'll get his headphones out of his bag and Constantly when you're the person in the middle it was like I, I don't know how I like I feel like I, I can no I was on the end I was yeah, on the aisle the I can sit perfectly still in the aisle and just be like 
I put my headphones on, I can sit still two, three, four hours, I'm yeah, fine. Sit totally. sit still, fine, I'm good. Leave me alone. Dan, elbow, elbow, nudge. Little every thirty <laughs> seconds, little bit of a nudge, little bit of a nudge, nudge yeah. kind of like a violent nudge. Like oh, oh my god. And then after like two hours I was like, Dan, you are Captain Elbows. He was like, I'm not shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm like Dan, mate. We gotta get it. See, now we need to we need to cut from this to tomorrow with Dan in the courtyard. I, I might I might it's start a little podcast tomorrow with Dan in the courtyard, and then maybe maybe that'll be the next podcast. Um, I was on a on a plane ride once where I think I was in the middle, and the and there was someone in the aisle, and they they were doing like the man spreading thing where the legs are really wide, oh, and yeah, I was like, annoying. please. But then they also did this thing. I feel like if you're in the middle, you should kind of get the armrests. Yeah, you I, don't I agree with the that. Armrests, but you should get the armrests. You, sh- you should be able to put your elbows up on the armrests. Yeah. And whereas, like the people on, if you if you're if you're at the window, you can lean towards the window. Yeah. If you're on the aisle, you can lean towards the aisle. And this person, this guy, uh, in the aisle seat, his hand was l- over the armrest into my middle seat, <laughs> and his bare. <laughs> arm was touching my bare arm and he just like didn't seem to realize that he was like just like touching me with his head and it fucking made me ballistic i was like i you know in my head i said i was like what the fuck are you doing stop touching me and yeah we're you know thirty thousand feet in the air eight hours from anywhere and like this human is just like you know, their hair is rubbing up against my hair, and I'm in the middle, like, oh my god. I've uh, just remove me from this right now. Where's the escape hatch? Um, oh, I think we, what was the question? What are you grateful for? Yeah. You're grateful for every moment you're not in a plane. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, this wide open space, cats roaming. Had a, had a couple glasses of water today. It was great. Sparkling water. Oh god, well, there's there's many more things I could ask you, but I feel like there's probably two or three podcasts that we could do. Let's so, call it a thing. Let, let's call it a thing. It's One a.m. We gotta. Uh... I'm gonna press the space boy, and we've got to be up tomorrow to play a gig where I have to use some drum kit after someone else has used it, and I'm gonna probably murder people. I can't. Still recording this? Okay, great. I'm hey, Lisa fo- just sent me a picture. Look, she's wearing the Rob Zombie merch. That's fine. Oh no. Thank you very much for listening. If you did enjoy this podcast, please consider following us on Instagram. Uh, We are Tesseract Band on Instagram. And the individual band members, it's probably the best place where you can get hold of any of us. Uh, We are at Apple Ackle, if you want to get hold of Ackle Ganey. At Rock With Dan, if you want to get hold of Dan Tompkins. At Amos Prem Williams, if you want to get hold of Amos at james.monteith if you want to get hold of james and at j that's j-a-y postones if you want to get hold of me thank you very much and please remember to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on thank you very much